Today on the Zabecast, the Rooney Rule hijinks. The Raiders did an end run to get their guy, John Gruden. Pretty sneaky. Hire two coaches at once? Brilliant, I guess. What will the league do now? Probably nothing. Notorious J.A.Y. is our friend of Zabe today. We've got recruiting mistakes, passing camps, and a new feature. F that guy. All that plus the greatest refund in consumer history. If you've got a half an hour to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Thursday, Jan 11, 2018. Thank you for joining me yet again for the Zabecast. A little miniaturized version of me. Some bonus content you will not get anywhere else with, of course, some fleeting expletives and some mature content. So just be aware of that if you think the kids can gather around and listen on the old iPod Generation 1. May not be the most kid-friendly show. I mean... It's not terrible. I wouldn't be ashamed of it to have my children listening to it, but, you know, it's geared at men, so we'll keep it at that. Before we get to Jay, and Jay goes quite deep with me on a number of things, I think you're going to like Jay's appearance today. The news of the day was the Rooney Rule and how the Los Angeles-slash-Oakland-slash-Las Vegas Raiders and Mark Davis basically did a giant you know, middle finger to the Rooney rule by the way they hired John Gruden. In fact, I believe Mark Davis admitted he's been going after John Gruden for six years now. Well, he got his man. Problem is the NFL has a rule, the Rooney rule, which says that for every coach who is let go for every job opening, that you are required to at least interview one minority coach in a genuine, legitimate interview and have him, you know, have a fair shot at actually getting the job. You can debate the merits of the Rooney Rule on your own. That's a debate I've had on sports radio for a number of years, through the years. And the merits of it and the necessity of it and the implementation of it. I'm not going to do that here. I'm just going to talk about what is the league going to do now in that, you know, the Raiders never, apparently the Raiders had hired John Gruden while they still had Jack Del Rio employed, which is crafty. Because according to Joe Lockhart, well, we don't know of any language in the NFL's Rooney rule that says you can't hire another coach and then fire one of them. And so technically, the job never came open, so you didn't have to interview a minority coach. Now, it does not matter that Art Shell was hired by the Raiders, I think not once but twice. It does not matter that Reggie McKenzie is the general manager and will stay on as GM, even though he is African-American. That doesn't matter in terms of they're trying to get the NFL, they're trying to get this group of qualified minority candidates a chance to sit in on an interview and get a head coaching job. And if you circumvent that, if you ignore that, if you pretty much flip a big middle bird to it and don't do it, then there should be repercussions. But I'm not sure the league is going to do anything. If the Raiders were in my division, like the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, I would recommend a modest punishment of three first-round draft picks forfeited and split up amongst everyone else in the division. But because of the Raiders, I'm not going to get up on a big high horse about what should be done. Probably a fine of some sort, maybe the loss of a draft pick. Who knows? But that was uh, interesting. I wonder if any team has ever thought about doing two head coaches at once. I know that is probably the dumbest idea you've ever heard. And that's probably why it's not done. 
what's the saying about closers? If you got two closers, you have none. Closer by committee. If you have two head coaches, then you really don't have any. Be fun to watch, though. Two head coaches that have equal power bickering like an old married couple on the sideline. That would be funny. In other news, on Thursday, Le'Veon Bell threatens he's going to quit football if he gets franchise tagged again. That he may just say, that's it, I'm out of here. I understand Le'Veon Bell's frustration. He was hit with a tag this last offseason, given an offer for a multi-year deal that really wasn't that lucrative. And he said, you know what, screw it, I'll play on the franchise tag. He had a good year. Again, he is a supreme talent. He is a unique talent. He is a one-of-one talent in the NFL where there is nobody quite like him. And yes, he made $12 million last year, which is pretty good, but I'd say his true value, his true worth is probably more than that. And what Le'Veon Bell knows now, because he's on the verge of free agency, on the cusp of it, kind of like Kirk Cousins, is nobody pays you quite like somebody else pays you. That when you get out there and people can go grab you from some other team to put you on their team and then say, hey, man, do that awesome, like, just hang out near the line of scrimmage, then wait and wait, and then bang, gone. Find a hole and go. Yeah, do that for our team because we, we really liked how you did that for the Steelers. That's how you get paid big time. That's how you get overpaid sometimes in the NFL, and that's what Le'Veon Bell wants. But... Looks like the Steelers might use the rules of the franchise tag to keep on sort of keeping his overall value down. I, you know, twelve million franchise tag running back. You know, that's half of what Kirk made this year at twenty-four million. Some would say that Le'Veon Bell is more valuable than Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to have that argument now. Right now, uh, I'm not going to have that argument right now. We can do that another time. But it's a little bit light, and so even a, another franchise tag that bumps up thirty percent. You know, you're getting up into that $17, $18 million range. It's pretty good for two years. But if Le'Veon Bell was a true free agent on the open market in his prime, holy shit. That's all I got to say. And the last little thing for today, I guess it's kind of all Steelers-related Rooney rule, even though it's the Raiders, Rooney, Steelers, uh, and the Le'Veon Bell story. The Ryan Shazier story there was an interesting couple of columns opposing each other. I wouldn't call it a war or a call-out or a flame job, but it was Drew McGarry and GQ saying basically the NFL has whitewashed this story and they, they have made it a feel-good story, almost like a football life, uh, about Ryan Shazier without ever having to go through the horribleness of, oh, my God, he's paralyzed. And this is something that I have said on my show for a while now, that nobody really wants to say the P word. Like, holy crap, he's paralyzed. He cannot walk. He is paralyzed. Now, of course, you don't want to go around just you know screaming that at the top of your lungs. That's insensitive. And the family said they want it. They're like, we're going to take this narrative from here. And you know, we've said the last we're going to say. And when there are positive things to report, we're going to go ahead and report them. And we're going to handle this. And I got no problem with that, by the way. So the counterpoint to what Drew's column was in GQ, that this was sort of a whitewashing, it just, you know, uh, glossed over this horrific injury, the first bad paralyzing injury the NFL has had since um, the kid in Buffalo. The counterargument to that is from Mike DeCourcy, and Mike DeCourcy for the Sporting News made a good point of, hey, 
if you think that this is being whitewashed, it's not. That not only is Ryan Shazier entitled to his own privacy in his battle to one day walk again, but that he is also entitled to be the author of his own story. And that I agree with 1,000%. I think there's a little bit of truth on both sides. I think that both Drew and Mike are kind of dead right on certain things. They're maybe ignoring certain important aspects of the story otherwise. I would say read both columns online and you know make up your own mind on that. I am thrilled to see him back at practice and thrilled to see Shazir with a big smile on his face and inspired by the words that he has said about how the first downs in this fight are going to come at, you know, at God's pace and that everyone he's going to be thankful for and he is going to make it into the end zone and still talks about playing football again, which seems insane, of course, but it's a worthy goal to have if you're going to say, I'm not only going to come back and walk again, I'm coming all the way back. And I am going to be the guy that defies the odds or defies whatever medical uh, you know, experts out there might say. All righty. Look at who has come in today. You know him. You love him as the notorious J-A-Y. This is his backup walk-up music because F the Police by N.W.A. Not even going to put that on my podcast. Sorry, Jay. Ugh. But just the man trying to keep us down. As you but this know. is a good secondary walk-up. Of course, Jay is uh, the longtime former and original producer of the Steve Zabin Experience on Fox Sports Radio and now producing the Brett Hollander Experience on <laughs> WBAL. <laughs> Peter Gabriel with Sledgehammer from the album So, which I had a hard time finding on Spotify for some reason. It's a good song, though. Do you use Spotify, by the way? I use Spotify every now and then. A lot second, of different services out there for sure. Second big hit from this album, "In Your Eyes," was the big one. Are on you this sure? One. Oh, no. Yes. Well, oh, "In Your Eyes" was the biggest hit on sell. Without it, without a doubt. What about "Steam"? Mm, nope. Is that on the same album or a different? I album? don't. Well, wait a minute. This is 2018. We don't guess anymore. We just quickly go to Wikipedia. While, while, while you're looking that up, here a little more Peter Gabriel. All right, here we go. So, album. Let's Oops, go to this Scott, or this Scott, whatever that's called. Uh, All right, with that, I'm turning it off. Hello, okay. Jay. How are you? I am friend? good. How are you? I'm good. Throw Jay a follow on Twitter at Jay Cottrell. Motoring towards R E L L thirty four. Jay Cottrell thirty four. Jay said he picked up eight yes. new followers. Yes. And, and he was you. excited by that. I was utterly disgusted that you <laughs> listeners of mine, my followers, couldn't extend. A brother, a few follows. Help Eight a is, a, is a disgrace. Help is what a it brother is. out. Help a brother out. All right, national championship game. What was your number one takeaway from Bama coming back to stun Georgia? Uh, Jalen Hurts is quickly getting his transcripts ready to transfer. <laughs> and I think Jim Harbaugh is uh, somewhere on his lawn right now. Oh, no, really? Well, no, he has Shea Patterson from Ole Miss. Okay, so, but Jalen Hurts is going somewhere. You you know the name that came up, and I couldn't believe it, but it's Lane Kiffin. I can, you know what? He's going. Maybe he'll he go could to, be an owl. Jalen yeah. Hurts could be an owl under Lane Kiffin. Or maybe can you he'll, imagine? Maybe he'll have to go to last uh, last chance. You, 
Oh my God! <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> like like the kid on Last Chance U that is on Florida Atlantic and dropped the ball at the one yard line, Deshaun Jackson style. Oh, you saw that from this year, didn't you? And that guy was terrible on Last Chance. He was a awful human being. I remember well, it was that. Uh, John... He also doesn't believe in drink, bringing the ball into the end zone. He likes dropping it. Oh, but uh, did you uh, did you watch both seasons of that? No, I haven't watched any seasons of it, Jay. Okay, because when you do, Where I know. Do I, when do I have time to watch all true. this stuff? That's true. And people say Friday Night Tykes, you got to watch that. And okay. Last Chance, you. I, I need to step up my TV game. There's no question about it. Problem is, I've hooked into YouTube, and so I've been busy watching cut-ups of every single Tony Soprano. Dr. Melfi session. <laughs> Just want, like, someone will do a supercut and it's like 42 minutes. And I'm like, God, this is great. Doctor. Where he says to Dr. Melfi, You know, I thought about fucking your brains out the other time in here. <laughs> and she's like, You threw that at like me at a, like it was a rock, Tony. Are you happy about that? Okay, here, here we go. Jennifer Melfi trivia. What did she say when Tony and his buddies were in the restaurant and Dr. Melfi and her crew came in? She saw Tony, and what did she say to Tony and his crew? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. You've got me on this one. Toodaloo. Remember, she left. (laughs) Toodaloo? Yeah, she she leaves. She goes, toodaloo. (laughs) And she goes, I can't believe I said that. There you go. Jennifer (laughs) Melfi. I was not a fan of Jennifer Melfi. Okay. Well, hey, anyway, we were sidetracked. There you on go. That. As you okay. Do. So the na- so so here's the thing. Okay. So you're you're saying your big takeaway is Jalen Hurts is leaving. Yes. Well, already uh, Eason is leaving for Georgia. He's he's gone. <laughs> he gone. He got fucked because he got hurt like one game into a monster season by Kirby Smart and the uh, Bulldogs. So he's gonna sit out a year and and play for Washington and Peterson. So that's cool. I just wish that there was true unfettered free agency in college sports basketball and football like no sitting out just go just go because if i want to leave university of maryland and go to the loyola i don't have to sit out i can go right because fifth year guys that have graduated they can go have true free agency and don't they let guys out of schools who fire their coach yes they do so we've got limited. It's almost like Plan B free agency. Remember Plan B free agency I do. in the NFL where they only let like the shittiest free agents go, like guys 48 through 53 on the roster? I do. That was such a dumb yeah, yeah. idea. I, I like, do. We're going to let some guys be free agents, but just the worst guys. <laughs> Good just idea. The, just the long snapper. Make right, it right. go. Good idea. I like it. That sounds exciting. So – Here's the thing, though. You know, you say that Jim Harbaugh would love to have Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts any good? You know, should Jalen Hurts convert to wide receiver and stay on Alabama? He was like 42 or 50-whatever and two. Bro, he had a good record. But let's not go into this defend every black quarterback mode that I know you're in. (laughs) Let's not. And just be real about it, okay? I I, I saw him win a game. Uh, Didn't he win a game for them in the SEC championship game? He did. Or did he win it? Or I don't know. He's a hell of a he's a hell of an athlete, hell of a runner, oh, and an Jesus. okay passer, and a great dancer. Let's just go for don't, the whole. <laughs> don't play don't play this stereotype <laughs> shit not. with me because we we white guys said the same stuff about Tebow. We okay. said about Tebow the great white Christian hope. We're like probably a good H back or a tight end or a fullback in the pros. Okay, in, in all honesty, I don't I don't know how good he is because he doesn't. You know he 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 misses he misses on a lot of throws. I know, 
But he but then he'll pull a game out. You know who also is terrible, by the way, and that JT Barrett from Ohio State. He's terrible. JT Barrett's JT not good. JT Barrett and is terrible. He was around forever. And, and the, you're and like, when is this guy leaving already? He's a winner, though. Well, he's a winner. Okay, can't not pass. so much. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say this about Jalen Hurts. Total class act. Total stud to be supportive of the kid Tua and everything. I mean, because can you imagine you having to stand there and do an interview with, uh, you know, Tom Rinaldi? Although he didn't have to, I guess, but he, you know, Rinaldi went and buttonholed him afterwards and said, you know, how does it feel? And I believe he was genuinely happy for his teammate, which takes a lot of balls, I think. And he, he was he he did a big stand up interview. I I was I was impressed with him because I would have been nah, bro, don't want to yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't want to do it. Now, did you know about Tua Tagovailoa prior to the game on Monday night? Steven, I'm a Of course you did. I'm a Because you're a Rivals.com a, guy. I am. And his final three schools were Alabama, USC, and Ohio State. Those were his final three. His- I heard today he wanted to go to Oregon because being Hawaiian, he worshipped Marcus Mariota. And Oregon said, Jay. Ah, uh, we can't commit right now. I guess he wanted to early commit, and Oregon dragged their feet. Wow! See, no, how they, fucking stupid are they? Recruiting stories. That, by the way, that's some. I would like to nail down someone and go give me the greatest recruiting stories ever because I've heard some some doozies. <laughs> I, here we go. Do you want to hear the the Manti Teo? Uh, yes, give me the Manti really Teo. Really quickly, Manti Teo was supposed to go to USC. Went to USC. Got drunk on his recruiting trip. And Whoa! His, and, and his dad was like, "Nah, you're not going here. I'm not, I can't tell you. you. Told me the story, but this is true." He and had never what, got. Wait, he had never gotten drunk before. I guess not, but he got drunk on his. Because he's kind of a goody goody two shoes. I mean, you know, to why... get to get catfished by Lene Kukua. <laughs> Jay, I will never forget <laughs> that either. name ever. I'll forget a million other names. I'll never forget Lene, Lene Kukua. Kukua. Oh. <laughs> So he got drunk for the first time. That's sort of like when Homer gave Barney beer in high school <laughs> and, then he t- and turned right. him from a genius right. into a fucking drunk. That's what happened to Manti Teo. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I'm a huge fan, as anyone could be, of this kid, Tua, because he was totally calm in the moment, and he's a badass. And there's something about Hawaiians that I just love, Jay. They're beautiful people, you know? <laughs> They're physically beautiful. They've got great cheekbone structures. I love their tight-knit families. I love their voice. Have you heard Tua yes. uh, and the ukulele singing yes. the song? Yes. They're, how handsome is Marcus Mariota? Devilishly. Exactly. Thank you. Dashingly exactly. handsome. Almost as handsome as Jimmy Garoppolo. But, you know, right there, 1A and 1B. I mean, there's there's a whole like Samoan culture at the University of Southern California. They they call themselves what, the Oost Crew. Juju Smith-Schuster, half, half Samo- Samoan. Half Samoan. Badass. Like, yes. And, and yeah. they, they are a, a beautiful people. That is they are beautiful. True. Samoans are beautiful people, too. And, they, and they, they love football. Did you ever see the 60 Minutes on football in Samoa? No. Oh, it's so good. I think it was 60 Minutes. Or maybe a 30 for 30, or maybe an HBO Real Sports, or... <laughs> maybe an E60. <laughs> no, 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 I wanted E60, because it was good. Oh! <laughs> That's a good oh, one. Did, did I just say that? <laughs> I'm Jeremy Shep. Yeah. I'm on the island of American Samoa. <laughs> I like Jeremy Shep. That's a low one. Oh, you do? I do okay. like Jeremy Shep. Well, most of the stuff E60 does is is lightweight crap. But no, there was I, I'm pretty sure it was 
60 minutes, and they basically, and I think it was connection, it was in connection with the great coach at our United States Naval Academy. Oh, Ken, Ken Niamatololo. Who is a wonderful man. Incredible. Met, yes. He yes. Lives, so he lives in the area, in the Anne Arundel County in, area. In the area, huh? In the area. Yep. Okay. Well, so I think they use that as a tie-in to say, what's the deal with football players from Samoa? <laughs> like, what's going on? And they, they go to the uh, tiny island, and of course, you know, that is their ticket off the island. And, you know, they know how to grow them Samoan boys big. And, and they just excel at football. So, in a related sense, it's hard not to be a Tua. Uh, Tua. I don't know how to say his last name. I'll I'll lean on you for that. Tago Vialoa. Okay. Although I've heard it both three or four w- different ways. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it three ways. He was a calm, cool stud. Now the twenty-four hours later debate rages about whether that was a great play and a great throw or horseshit coverage by Georgia. Okay. Your Here's can I give it quickly in thirty seconds. Terrible coverage. If you're a safety, you get deeper than the deepest man. That's right. number one. By the way, this game is still second to USC Texas. I don't care what anybody. So you disagree with me? I, I already said it was the greatest no, game ever. USC Texas. Okay. Went, not even close. Okay. Not even close. Why? Just because there's more stars that you can name in the USC Texas no, game? No, the game was just better. It was. But had, it was so linear, Jay. Think about it. It had two great teams. It was like here's two great teams with star players, and they played, and the star players were stars. And they went back and forth. There was some dumbass plays like Reggie Bush lateraling 40 yards downfield to nobody. But it was the fourth and there was, one with Lindell getting stoned. and <laughs> Lindell instead of Reggie. And there was a call. Uh, Vince Young's knee was down on a play. They didn't catch that's it. That's true. And, and okay. the fourth down, for some reason, USC blitzes uh, from the corners and, and then lets Vince I mean, from the middle and lets Vince Young just go to the outside. It's okay. Like, well, that's, that's really stupid. All too. right. So, so that movie was like the best Bond movie ever where you got all the, the, the chase scenes and the explosions that you expected in a well-executed Bond movie. I think this movie, this game on Monday night, was just like, it was like Django Unchained or like Pulp Fiction. It was like, whoa, man, this thing rocked me to my core. But the first half was horrible. What do you mean horrible? It was low scoring. It was, it was boring. But you know what it was good about the first half? LSU, is that Alabama, Alabama. That's what it had, the, it had the making of. And I was like, I'm out of this. Okay, but Alabama was getting their face kicked in, and nobody expected that. That's true. And so that was exciting. And the crowd was 70-30 Georgia, and it was loud in that joint. Loud. All right. You know, uh, Trent Dilfer runs these camps that I guess, you know, he saw Tua Tagovailoa and – this kid, Jake Fromm, State Fromm, in the summer as true freshman. Are you aware of the Trent Dilfer camp? You should I've, be, Mr. Rivals.com. I've seen I've seen The, the Elite video. 11, I think it's yes, called, or something I, I like have, that. He's done uh, NFL Network, I believe, runs okay. this. Yeah. Now, there's got to be big money in these camps, don't you think? Oh, big money. Seven-on-seven seven camps are the new AAU basketball. Right. So what list of quarterbacks do you think would not do well in passing camps if they were to open up their, okay, I've got my passing academy since Trent Dilfer has one. The Jay Cutler Academy. <laughs> uh, Jay, Jay Cutler, his camp would be him walking out with a smoke dangling from the corner of his mouth the tip. and looking completely disheveled, and he'd, be, he'd mumble something like, all right, uh, line up over there. And uh, just start warming up. Can okay? we be honest? Why does Trent Dilfer have? I mean, well, he wasn't a great player, 
and right. wasn't a great passer. I, but I think he was. I think he was a dedicated student of the game. Okay. What's what college did he go to? Quick, quick. Fresno State. Ooh, boom. Don't 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 I, try I just, me. Every now, I just gotta have I one. Do in this the holster. for a living. I gotta even though this podcast is gonna be my retirement into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid to do this on other networks and other, well, no, other stations, I guess. Uh, how do you feel about post game proposals? Because an Alabama lineman, I, I saw that one. I've oh, been there, done that. Thank you. Okay, so you, you're you're I'm just done. like I'm, whatever. I, I, as another segment that we try, I'm so over that. <laughs> I'm so over. I'm that. so done with. Okay, so do you think it's disrespectful to the girl because you are making her co-share, which should be her big moment? With the game. Never thought of that. Uh, you never you, did? You never heard that? No, because I thought the girl would just love to be on TV. Uh, because I'm apathetic. That was the biggest moment of that kid's life, the lineman, to win the national championship until next year when they win it again. <laughs> but, say, yeah. but, you know, for a girl, Her the proposal yes. is like the conference championship and then the, the wedding is the Super Bowl. So imagine then if... You, the husband, were like having to share watching a big game with actually your wedding. You'd be like, well, I don't want to do both at the same time. I think she's going to be okay. Because I think she's gonna, a Southern girl. And he's going to make some a money. a big, fat, sloppy lineman yeah, in the deep that. South where football is God. And so, yes. I, I think she'll be okay. Okay. She could have said no. I, that, that, she could have said, we're ah, waiting for let that me think one. about it. Let's we're, table this. We're waiting for that one. When the girl okay. actually says no. Okay. Last we left, you said you wanted to fight either Jason Whitlock or Clay Travis. Yes. And I've had several people email me saying, if you don't ask Jay about this next week, then we're no longer friends. So here I am. Okay. Go. Why do I want to fight them? Yes. Clay, well, Clay, no, no. They're, Let's they're start really- with each one. Let's start with Clay. Clay Travis is a troll, and it just gets <laughs> infuriating because I know what his act is, and it's tiresome. Like, dude. And, and then he lies and says, well, ESPN offered me. No, they didn't. Stop it. Stop it. And he's. He's carved out a niche as the right-wing sports contrarian. Like, he's. he's Right? Yeah, him and that tool from ESPN. What's, what's, that, what's that guy's name? Oh, Will Kane. Will Kane. Oh, oh yeah. God. And, yeah, he's and, a he's another one saying, "Boy, there's a lot of room over here on the right. Maybe I should like buy some real estate and be that guy." The thing about Clay Travis though is that he does have democratic roots because he worked on Al Gore's campaign way back in the day. But, but and he claims to be an independent. No, but he's playing a part now to cater to one audience. A la Whitlock, I'm going to Okay, Zay, this is going to get this ready. Whitlock is playing the Uncle Tom role. Oh, boy. I, I said it. He is. Wow. And he's, he, he's the first person Fox goes to. Whatever contrarian black opinion, he has to be that. So he is, oh, g- give, me, give, me, uh, give me somebody who Fox News has on besides him. Oh, come on. Give me some. Give, give me some. You mean well, a sports guy? No, no, no. News, news. I'm, I can't uh, think uh, of. Uh, 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 Alan Combs. Al- Okay, Alan. He's or, dead now, I think. Oh, you mean Rest Alan, in peace. Not Alan Keyes? Is he, is he still alive? No, well, no, you're saying like a, a, just a token liberal? Yes. No, no. Well, token. A token right, black liberal. Yes. He's a token oh, okay. right wing person that that uh, Fox News and, and Fox Sports. Yeah. I hate okay. Whitlock. I hate Whitlock. Have you ever met Jason? Yes, I met him. At, it's funny. We had him on your show. Yes. At the Super Bowl. 
That's right. And he was a nobody then, and now he carved out Do a Do you not like it if I say that I like his opinions every now and then? Well, you, you probably sh- don't because you're saying, see, Zabe, you're getting suckered in No, well, to, should, to his Uncle Tom opinions. You should I don't ha- agree with all of them, by the way. You should hate him for one reason, that he go to the mat for Jeff George. Well, that goes back to his high school playing days. I went to high school with a couple people who are great athletes, <laughs> and know. I'm not going to go to the bat for them. I know. I hear you on that. Well, how about this? Can you agree that Whitlock has a point about how stupid social media makes people and how this generation of athletes born on it are losing their minds obsessing about social media? I think they're more calculated. I don't think they're losing their minds. Really? These are not the wild 70s or 80s. Have you seen Sua Cravens and his social media game? His Instagram feed and his Snapchat story and his Twitter nonsense? Like, Sua Cravens is working his way out of the league because I think he is completely turned inside out by the neediness of social media affirmation. So Cravens, who uh, at one point at SC was like, I don't want to play football anymore. Uh, And then came back like the next week. Didn't he do that with the skins also? Uh, yeah, he wanted yeah. to quit. Yeah. And then we said, uh, why don't you think it over? We're not going to let you. And then he decided that – then the team had to shut him down. Then he went and gave away all his jerseys in the mall parking lot at Dulles Town Center. <laughs> and then he and his agent proclaimed him healthy from a post-concussion syndrome deal, and he's ready for all football activities, and the team didn't even respond to that. So he's technically still property of the Redskins, but uh, we'll see. All right, so Whitlock, no fan, and Clay Travis, no, no fan. fan. at all. So, um, but you would fight either one? Oh, in a heartbeat. Could you beat either one? <laughs> Quickly. Really? Yes. When was the last time you fought somebody? Uh, probably, let me see. I was with, oh, actually, wow. It's probably, all right, how uh, many push-ups can you do? A uh, hundred. Would you, <laughs> all at once? I can do 100, uh, 50 and 50. Eh, Interesting. I'm, yes. Okay. Could you beat up LeVar Ball? Ooh. That's a bigger question. Ooh. <laughs> He's got the reach on me. I'd have to knock him out within three. All right. So today I actually watched some of the highlights and or lowlights from the big baller brand <laughs> Lithuanian Challenge. I would have dropped 25 on that team they were playing. <laughs> Easy. It is such a shit show of bad basketball. It's Leangelo or Lamelo. Uh, Leangelo's the youngest with the white with the blonde frost tips, right? Yes. Yeah. It's him coming down the court, doing some unnecessary crossover through the legs and jacking a thirty footer that barely catches iron. I- and what are his Lithuanian teammates going to say? Stop doing that? Yes, they're getting paid by Big Brawler brand, I'm guessing. <laughs> Did you get a pair of those shoes, by the way? No, and if you heard, nobody else is. It's like the Better <laughs> Business Bureau I gave them an F. I know. Which I, I know is not the be-all, end-all, but if people have ordered stuff and they just aren't getting it, and then they you know, ask, hey, what's with my shoes? It's pretty like, bad. Yeah, I don't it, know. It's pretty bad. So, so and now this Lakers stuff where – all the NBA coaches are clutching their pearls over ESPN daring to publish thoughts from LeVar Ball about what a shitty coach that Luke Walton is, according to him and his sources and the players on the team. How long do you think this is going to go on, Jay, before something happens with LeVar Ball? And what can the Lakers do? I don't know because part of me goes, well, Magic Johnson did get Paul Westhead fired. Does... The Ball family have that much pull. Yeah. Magic Johnson was a national champion. 
basketball okay. player and I the know. most important player on the team and played all five positions in the 1980 NBA Finals. I, again, en route to a championship, I but yeah. With Otherwise, LeVar Ball is exactly the same. Great I'm, point. I'm saying Lonzo, does he ha- I mean. Does but, Lonzo have the juice? Because didn't Magic in this Magic's handpick guy? Yeah, no, Magic got snowed by LeVar because he said, I met with him and he said to me, it's an act. I had to get my kid over, you know, publicity. Don't worry. Once he's a Laker, we're cool. And now look at him. I do think these NBA coaches are making it worse, though, by saying things like, well, we're not going to talk to ESPN now. Stan Van Gundy, I'm I'm not going to do their ESPN stuff. This is now just making it worse. uh, Yes, Stan Van. I mean, what are you going to not talk to Doris Burke now? Come on. Right, and and even if ESPN says, okay, we're going to stop interviewing and covering LeVar Ball and we're going to bring Jeff Goodman back from Lithuania, which, by the way, I'm calling Lithuania, Jay. (laughs) I've heard it both ways. Because it's lit over there now, baby. (laughs) So even if they did do that, LeVar Ball could cause shit for the Lakers with a Facebook post. Or yeah, That's he, all it takes. Right. Because then other people will go, oh, my God, you read the uh, the diatribe that LeVar Ball went on about the Lakers and Magic and, and Walton's kid on Facebook. That's the day and age we're living in. So Speak, nothing you do there. Speaking of Jeff Goodman. Are you going to give me the, the 10 minutes? We're going to get – We're gonna. he's going to be your nominee for our new segment. Today. Yes. Okay. Okay, so hold that. Okay. Hold that thought. Other thing you wanted to talk about today is Katie Nolan. I don't get – you always ask me about – I don't get why she is so popular. Could you explain the – can you explain why Define Katie Define popular. Before I answer your question, I Didn't want you to define ESPN popular. Just, just throw a buttload of money at her? Doesn't she have her I don't know about buttload. She got hired by them. After she was in limbo on Fox, where she was getting paid but didn't have a show, I mean she was th- parked for about three quarters of 2017. I want to say I-, I saw her on Desus and Mero, which I know you've never heard of this show. I've seen oh. Desus and Mero. Desus and Mero, and I'm yes. like, why is she on here? Why does every is she America's sweetheart? You know, <laughs> it, 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 what like, is her special sauce? The special attraction? Right. Like what is so good about her? Right. I don't. Okay. Get it. Well, let's let's break it down. Okay. She's cute. Television is a visual medium, and they are not really hiring ugly and or fat chicks by the fistful. Some of them exist out there. I wouldn't dare say who they are, but there are some women who are not exactly runway models. But for the most part, it's a visual medium, and if you're a woman in sports, you got to have some looks. She's got looks. Katie Nolan's got looks, and she's got approachable looks, as I say. She looks like she could be your what, Jay? Sports girlfriend, right? Okay. So there's that. Now, do you think she's cute? Uh... That's a no. No, 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 no. We're not going to wait for 10 seconds. That's a no. She has become annoying to me. Do you think she's hot? Not hot. She's become annoying to me. Okay. Okay, so, but let's just go with the fact she's attractive. She's She's cute. cute. She's cute. She's sassy. And That's... she seems to be like a cool chick who can hang out with the fellas, which has always been the ultimate guy archetype for, oh, man, I wish my girlfriend was like that. And I'm going to say, I had that once, and no, you don't want it. You don't <laughs> because want then you've it. got to deal with all of her subpar sports yes. opinions, Yes, like and my, you don't need that. My friend was asking me, could you date Jamel Hill? And I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about you know cover two. What if two Jamel Hill in- wasn't in the sports realm? Didn't like sports. Then could you date her? Oh, she's kind of smart. I, yes. I think I could. Okay. She's kind of okay. smart. 
So, so as far as Katie Nolan goes, look, she's sassy, she's cute, she's a little bit profane. She seems like that cool chick who can hang out with the fellas. She's a younger, maybe sportier model of Michelle Beadle without being too militant about women's issues and whatnot. But here's, I think, Jay, the cold, hard reality of how there's a gap between what, peop- what guys want to think about a chick on television and what you can actually get away with in this day and age. And here's the way it works. I have many years ago, a long, long time ago, in a different lifetime, before I was married, I have seen girls that are hang out with the dudes kind of girls, okay? Where it's one girl, and she might have a boyfriend, but she hangs out with dudes and whatever, and you can have fun with her, and she's sassy, and she's a bit profane, but the one element that's there is there's always this level of, for lack of a better term, sexual harassment in the relationship where if you're hanging out, you'd say, hey, Katie, eat some of this whipped cream right out of the can. And she would do Do it, it, and she'd do it in a real sexual way, and you'd say some things to her, and she'd say something back to you, and it'd be funny, but nothing else would come of it. You can't do that on TV now. She's the girl who will belch at the bar, and everybody will laugh. Right. But like you just said, you can't do that on TV either. Right. Who do you think is cuter, even though this girl plays for the other team and there's nothing wrong with it? Uh, Do you think it's Katie Nolan or uh, the girl on Around the Horn played basketball, short hair? Kate Fagan. Yes. Bing. Uh, There's no contest on that one. (laughs) Fagan? No. Kate Nolan. Come on. Really? You don't like Fagan? You don't like the short hair? The short haircut does nothing for me. I think they're they're both quite attractive. And I got to say, Jay. Great on TV and smart, fierce, independent women. Women, do you? What about Sarah Spain? Oh, we don't have enough time on this podcast <laughs> to talk about Sarah Spain. Ooh. Sarah Spain, no, Sarah Spain. I find a, I, I have a hard time justifying saying what is she, who is she, where are her chops, where are her credentials, how did she fight her way up the ranks to be where she is now? What does she bring to the table? Ooh, okay. Because I know she's done some writing for some websites. I don't know what her degree is in. Not that you need a degree, because degrees are bullshit and a waste of money. Very college, true. You know, education. But I just don't. I just don't know. the The only thing I, as a guy, as a red blooded male, wants out of any of these gals on TV is for them to have fun and just don't, you know, don't lecture us about your issues it's okay to be hey man this is an important issue but just tread lightly you're in the entertainment business and while you might think well i have a platform i i have an obligation to speak out about this that or the other yeah you got well you, you have a platform i guess as much as your employer will let you but your obligation is to entertain me hmm. now 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 i now am i wrong no you're you're 100 right and i was like who am i number as you would always say, you're number one, number one. I, I, I have a co. I have two who, whenever I see them, I stop what I'm doing. Are you doing. talking sports TV personalities? Sports TV personalities. Maria, okay. Maria Taylor. She's nice. Fetching. She's and, nice. And Wendy Nix. I love <laughs> Still, some huh? Wendy Nix. Those glasses. Oh. Oh. She's starting to age out on you, Jay. Although you and I are pretty old, so I think that's actually I our demo right there. I love both of those two. Okay, by the way, speaking of girls you're not into, Danica Patrick now with Aaron Rodgers. How about that? 
just one week after we talk about the fact that she broke up with Ricky Stenhouse, goes from one hotbed to another hotbed, allegedly. Allegedly. I'd like to see some documentation on this relationship, though. Okay. We now debut a new segment on this uh, on the J portion of the podcast because I don't think anyone else will have the balls to do this. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a me and you thing once a week. Yep. And the new segment is called Fuck That Guy. Somebody who is otherwise not hated, seemingly a decent person, but for reasons that seem to only bother you, cause you to say, without remorse, fuck that guy. There's a reason for everybody. I've got like nine people. So this is... Okay, well, you just... No, we're going to one. Spread, this spread them one. out. Yes, <laughs> just choose one. one in a week. <laughs> week one of fuck that guy. Okay. ESPN's... Just- no, no, no. You're saying it wrong. Oh. Fuck that guy. The, the 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 punch has to be on the that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. There you, there go. you go. Ding, 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 ding. ESPN's ding Jeff Goodman, and here's why. What? Fuck that guy. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. He used, to be, he used to come on my show. You used to book him on my show be, and here, when he was pretty much a nobody. <laughs> thank you. He Jeff Goodman in 2006. I got an email from this unknown guy who I think he worked for Yahoo. Yes. And he sent me an email. I'd like to, you know, get in the business and do some interviews. I'd like to get my voice out there. And usually I would see this stuff and go, delete. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's see what he is. And he was actually, he was a college basketball writer then. Yes. And he was pretty good. And I was like, I like this guy. Yes, he so was good. Everywhere I went, Goodman would come and he was very nice. We had a very cordial relationship, mm-hmm. you know, like like uh, with Charchian, like uh, like that. It was uh, Siciliano, people like that. Right. Uh, so A one guys. A one guys. Whenever I call, they'll they'll pay, they pick up. So he then went to work for ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Just still my guy. Call him, nothing. Text him, nothing. Doesn't even give you a, nope. hey, Jay, thanks for calling. Unfortunately, ESPN really keeps tight reins on us. That's that's what I got from Van Pelt. I respect that. I'm like, you know what? I Good. Can't. Yeah. This guy, nothing. Really? And I'm- and he, I, just, he just lost your number. Just, just lost my number. I'm wow. like, you know what? Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Well, you know, this is going to get back to Jeff Goodman. I don't care. It's true. Okay. De- deny it, Jeff. Okay. Well, maybe he'll- What if he says- Don't at- want him. Don't want him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't want him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's say after this gets back to him, because it is on the World Wide Web and people are tattling snitches. Snitches and bitches. You know they're going to hit. You know, someone that listens to us is going to be a fan of Goodman's, and they're going to probably at him on Twitter and say, have you listened to this? And to which I will say, deny what I just, deny that I did not (laughs) put you on when nobody else is having you on. So when this gets back to him, and he then reaches out to you and says, hey, man, I didn't mean it to be that way. I got a new phone, who dis, and I didn't get your texts, or I didn't get your emails, I never meant it that way. What if he comes to you with a genuine apology and a plausible reason why he disappeared off your radar? Please. Would you? Would you? Please. (laughs) Please. Would so no. I guess that's a no. Please, no, no. He's he is dead Damn. to me. I yeah. Don't don't want him. Don't okay. want. Him. Okay. Next week's one you're going to like even better though. Okay, my nominee this week for fuck that guy is the personal trainer of one Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Junior, <laughs> the co-founder of the TB12 method, the guy who was just kicked out of the Pat's inner circle, one Alex Guerrero. Formerly known as Dr. Alejandro Guerrero, 
before the Federal Trade Commission said, ah, 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 Dr. Nick Riviera, not so fast. Victor Conti 2.0. No, no, not even Victor Conti. <laughs> you know what? Victor Conti is a brilliant fucking scientist who figured out a way to, to, create, to create a, a cream that would make Barry Bonds blow up into a parade float. <laughs> And hit a jillion home runs. That's called brilliant. You know what this guy Guerrero is? A quack. He is a quack and a thief and a huckster and a bad person. Here's why. Because when you go back and read about his involvement in Supreme Greens, in which he he allowed a television producer to portray him as a doctor. Dr. Alejandro Guerrero, and they probably put a stupid white lab coat on him. And he went on TV on these infomercials and said that this green powder, which is supposedly, you know, ground up alfalfa sprouts and kale and whatever, could cure things like cancer and Alzheimer's disease and all kinds of the worst shit in the world. And they willingly sold this stuff to people who were at hope's end, at a Dead end rope of, oh my God, I'm dying, I'll do anything. And they forked over $16 million. And, and even though Guerrero said he only received a, quote, slim portion of that because he wasn't the guy that invented it, he was just the paid fake doctor, it's amazing that he is not viewed in a much more negative light right now. It's amazing that he's allowed any relationship with the Patriots. Now, I'm not disputing that his basic tenets of hydrate, sleep, stretch, eat vegetables aren't good ideas, right? Of course they are. <laughs> yeah. But this shit he's doing with Brady, getting in his head and talking to him about, hey, Brady, you need to go ahead and start talking like, I'm going to play until I'm 50. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to bend the curve of a normal NFL career, and I'm going to do it because I'm working with you, and I'm learning things about my body that are amazing. And this can be sold and applied to anyone out there who just wants to be able to play a little more tennis on the weekends with their with their wife, or play golf without feeling without having aches in their knees and stuff. He's setting up this new scheme that is just on the right side of legal, where they're not promising to cure cancer. But they're basically taking duh concepts, sleep, stretch, vegetables, water, and then selling you $70 exercise balls under the TB12 guys. You know what I got to say to Alex Guerrero? Fuck that guy, okay? Quack, and will always be a quack. What's that ice cream that Brady's <sighs> eating? What is that? Avocado. Cream? Oh, God. Okay. All right, Tom. You ever had avocado ice cream? Don't want to. Neither do I. Yeah. You know why? Why? It's not ice cream. It's not ice cream. Thank it's, you. It's a frozen vegetable shaving. Wait, is no avocados a fruit? I guess is I don't eat really? avocados. It's green. Yeah. Okay. Even even with guacamole, I don't eat guacamole. But I don't either. Yeah, avocado is technically a fruit. I believe it grows on trees, right? Avo- Google that. A, a plant or a tree? I've heard I've heard it both ways. Though. Okay, whatever. It falls on the ground. It doesn't come out of the ground. I'm not sure that's the definition of vegetable anyway, but. <laughs> Let me just put it this way: When it's I crap. go through the when I go through the Ben and Jerry's freezer at Seven Eleven, I don't see any avocado flavors. I see American Dream, the greatest ice cream flavor ever invented. I see chocolate chip cookie dough, always a standby. You like the, chocolate chip cookie dough? Uh, 
No. No, 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 no. So many delays. Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough is 98 it's miles not. an hour on the outside black of <laughs> ice cream. It always works. It's not in my, you know what my, ooh, uh, cheesecake. That's my, that's my, that's 90, it. That's my 98 with movement, okay. with late movement. <laughs> with late movement. Yes, that's, oh, that's the best. With late electric movement. Yes. Fantastic. Any thoughts on the, while on the divisional round games this coming weekend as we exit our guest visit this week? Uh, Pittsburgh will win by two touchdowns. I'm marking this and going to save it. Even though Jacksonville beat them. The game, the first game, it was like a vortex. It was, it was a very odd game. It was a vortex. Uh, Is Antonio Brown going to go? Antonio Brown is a hundred percent. I heard him today. Yes. Uh, Everybody's healthy. Uh, Ben is playing well, and Blake Bortles is still playing for Jacksonville. That's why I predict he's bad. He's he is bad. Okay, Uh, so big win there. Uh, The line is seven. So you're going to lay the seven on that. I would lay the seven hard. Okay, while we're in the AFC, we'll switch days. Patriots are minus 13 against the Titans. I'm going to take the 13 on that one. Titans is so bad. You're going to lay the 13. I mean, lay the 13. Andy Reid, worst big-time coach ever. He's terrible. He sucks. He's Marty 2.0. Yes. He he is a guy who simply does not know how to win, period. Doesn't have the the constitution for it, doesn't have the uh, instincts for it or anything. So, all right, so the Patriots ought to cover that 13 big. Then in the NFC, a couple of interesting ones. You've got the Eagles as dogs at home, two-and-a-half-point dogs to the Falcons. I got Nick Foles. I got the Falcons winning that because Nick Foles is the quarterback. Yeah. The funny thing about Nick Foles is he doesn't know he's slower than shit. He will roll out, Jay, and he'll be like, I've got this. Don't worry. And he thinks he's going to elude a tackler, any tackler, the fattest tackler on the D-line, and inevitably he does not elude that tackler. I feel bad for Eagles fans because it looks so promising for them until... Stop. Did you hear what you just said? You feel bad for Eagle fans. I do. No, no, I do because it looked promising. I was like, this could be the year that they win it. Carson Wentz looks really legit. Yeah, well, not no more. Not no Because they ain't going to win it with Nick Foles. Here's the wild card, though. I've already called this. And I'm not calling it, but I'm kind of calling it. If it happens, then I called it. If it doesn't, then I'd never said this, okay? Uh, Nate Peterman. Or not Nate Peterman. um, Nate Sudfeld. The other Nate. Nate Sudfeld, the ex-Redskins six-rounder out of Indiana. I've never heard of this person. I know. Well, okay. six-rounder out of Indiana. Redskins had him for two seasons, and then they let him go this summer. He could be the Tom Brady story of 2018. Mark my words. How do you? Foles could struggle. P- Nate Sudfeld was like 28 to 35 in relief in week 17. They didn't score against the Cowboys with him in there, but he was he was ding ding ding. He was connecting. What if he comes in and is the Tom Brady story and propels really the Eagles giving to me, the Super Bowl? I've got one name. To Sixth ki- rounder from the Big Ten, just like another sixth rounder, Tom Brady, I've got from the Big Ten. one name to kill that. Scott Mitchell. Boom. There okay. you go. Okay. I'm not saying it'll happen, but okay. So, okay. so you're going to take the Falcons? I'm taking the Falcons. I'm actually taking the Eagles in this one. Wow. Yeah, a little bit of a contrarian play. And then you got the big one, which is the Vikings and the Saints. Oh, I need to get the number in front of me, but I think it's three or four in favor of the Vikings. What do you think? I want to say that outdoor, indoor thing, but God, Drew Brees is good when he needs to be. 
He is really good. Do you like do you like what pirates the Saints are? They don't give a fuck. They're dancing and celebrating and videotaping themselves in the locker room and Sean Payton's got the broom out and everything. Sean Payton's ballsy call the fourth down. What when he did that, what did you say? You know what? I was totally fine with it. Here's where I didn't like what they did. I thought on third and two they should have passed. Because on third and two, there was two minutes and thirty seconds or so left in the game, and the Panthers were out of timeouts. Uh, running it was a give-up play because you're like, well, we just want to make sure we run the clock down to two minutes. You throw on third and two, and you get it, and the game's over. Because then, as you're reorganizing to start first and 10, you're at the two-minute mark. And with no timeouts, 40-40-40, game's over. Three knees, and you're done. So third and two, I would have definitely thrown it. They ran it instead. Then they called. Then they lined up on fourth down to go for it, and they called Call timeout, time out, so you which gotta, I didn't you, like. But you got to run the play now, which I didn't like. And then they came back out and they ran the fourth and two, which I was still okay with. But I really wanted them to throw on third and two, which would have been against tendency, and I think would have caught the Panthers off guard. But they threw it like 20, 30 yards. It was kind of a pseudo punt. Well, it, they thought they were going to have a quick read open, and then it wasn't. And then Breeze just faded back and said, "Screw it, let's throw it." And it really was an interception. They should have reviewed it. It cost them 17 yards. But it didn't affect the outcome of the game because they got that 17 yards back right away. Oh, yeah, real quick. What do you think about Cam's eye scratch? Oh, that that hit looked – I thought he – because he got up woozy. Well, it, he was down a, for a while. It had to be a concussion because he got up woozy. <laughs> Nobody said it was his visor scratching his eye. That's why walking to the sideline halfway there, he had to stop and take a knee because his eye was scratched, Jay, with his visor. Don't you know what an eye scratch does to your body? No. It shuts everything down. <laughs> it doesn't really. Oh, yeah. You can't stand with an eye scratch. <laughs> Cam was out. Cam. Cam was out. Oh, Vikings are minus four. Was Was that the worst hit of the weekend? God. Every hit in the NFL is the worst hit I've ever seen. The, the speed and violence of this game continues to just make me crazy. I mean, I love it. It's why the game is so fun to watch, but it's crazy. Jay, we have gone 45 minutes, and I loved every minute of it, but I do have some other business to take care of, so I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. But it was, a, it was a good run, and good luck on sorting out what will no doubt be a searing hot Jeff Goodman feud on Twitter. Again, I'm going to say, when Jeff hears this, prove me wrong. That's all I'm going to say. And can I just ask you, yes. carve out a spot in your forgiving heart to maybe let Jeff Goodman make amends for a wrong. It's just sports radio, my friend. It's just booking guests. In the words that Al Galdi used to say about me, I hold a grudge like Khomeini. Khomeini. <laughs> okay, to each his own. I, I don't. If you feel like you need to hold a grudge for the whole time, then I'll let you do that. Thank you. The Notorious J-A-Y, producer of the Brett Hollander Experience on WBAL in Baltimore. Throw him a follow on Twitter at jcontrol34. Thank you, J-Dog. Thank you, Zabe. All right, we'll leave you with this today. And this has to be the greatest return in consumer history, the greatest refund in consumer history. You people out there say, you know, Zabe, you're kind of abusing the Best Buy return policy or the B&H photo in New York City return policy, 
I can't believe B&H hasn't cut me off like Best Buy cut me off because, you know, I order cameras and lenses and I try them and I'm like, this is so cool. Look at this 42 megapixel camera. And then I'm like, I, I don't need this thing. What, what, what do I need 42 megapixels for? And I go and return it. Excuse me. Well, I'm not as bad as this woman in Santa Clarita, California. I'll just read you the headlines. You probably heard the story already. Woman returns dead Christmas tree to Costco and gets full refund. Wah! <laughs> I know Costco has the most generous refund policy ever, but that's ridiculous. And then a second headline, as I'm just reading the headlines, it says, man irate after Santa Clarita Costco lets woman return dead Christmas tree in January. So it's now not just woman gets refund at Costco. It's guy standing behind her in line is pissed off and videotaping. Look at this woman. Look at this greedy, selfish bitch. See, she'll be the one that ends up ruining the return policy for everybody else. Because Costco won't just put in their uh, returns of 60 days in all items, except Christmas trees that have been cut and are going to die. Those you don't get a refund on. Costco will probably rewrite their entire return policy so that every other customer of the store gets fucked, and that's why the guy was mad at her for actually having the stones to do it. It was also wrong, by the way, of her to do that. Forget the fact that Costco said, yeah, you know what, we don't want to be accused of anything because, you know, had they said no, somebody out there would have said, boy, that's really insensitive of Costco. Let's see how much money they made this year at their stores, and then put the onus on them. Well, instead they just said, fine. You want your 40 bucks back here? Have your 40 bucks. Costco probably figured, eh, we'll get that money anyway. She's going to come buy something else in the store with that Christmas tree return loot. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, everywhere else that podcasts are sold. Let me know if there's a platform where you'd like to see this or hear this that I don't know about. Of course, correct any and all mistakes I make and add any commentary to things you hear. And, of course, please tell two friends. You can reach me at Zabe at Yahoo.com, on Twitter at Zabe, and, of course, Zabe.com for even more content from me and the archives of these shows on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening to the Zabecast, and we will see you next time.